Hello, everyone, and welcome to another American Scouser podcast. We have our usual crew here. I'm your host, as always, Timuchin in Chicago, where we went from spring, got the teas over the weekend, and then today it's been back to like, hey, it's winter, asshole. So we're back to our cold temperatures back again. But it's been nice to have that weekend by itself. So we'll talk about the weekend, but let's go around, as always. We have Gally with us. Gally, what's happening? Not too much. Same weather here as it was in Chicago. 10 degrees Saturday morning, 64 degrees yesterday afternoon. Pissed rain on us and started icing this afternoon. It's just awful. And with us is Bickler, the motivational penguin, which is a long story by itself why he's the motivational penguin. But if you are watching us on video, you get to see the business Bickler. Minus the hoodie and everything, since he just came from work, did not have time to change to his bum outfits. Bickler, what's happening? Listen, uh, sometimes class comes from an unexpected place, you know what I mean? <laughs> I guess, I guess. But yes, the motivational penguin is here. So before we started today, guys, talking about motivational penguins and other things that happen on our site. So if you have been listening to us for a while, first of all, thank you. Uh, and if you've been following the page and stuff as well, but uh, there are like, especially recently, we've had so many uh, good quality like contributors like join our crew and everything like that, aside from like the great writers we already had. So I kind of wanted to make sure we give those people some props because uh, they do a lot for the sites uh, as a whole. And obviously the American Scouts or concept, whether it's podcasts or whatever, might, one might wonder if we have so many people involved. Why do I pick the ugliest ones to show on video? But, you know, it is what it is. So aside from, so I kind of wanted to give those guys, like, you know, make sure, like, they get mentioned. And also wanted to kind of, like, ask, because I kind of suck at this. And I know every YouTube video I watch at least 10 times, they ask you to follow underneath, comment above, and, you know, put a cross in the middle and all that kind of stuff. And I rarely do that. So this is a good opportunity to do that. So... Uh, if you're following the website, you've seen some of these already, but Bill Shelton is actually new to our site, and he's been covering the the youth teams for us. Uh, does like a weekly wrap-up, any games, movements, and stuff like that, and actually we'll be doing some player profiles. Uh, Kim Brown is also new on our site. We're doing like a lot more coverage of the women's team and uh, we've done it for a long time actually it's like a couple of years ago and we had like uh we were speaking to joe with the liverpool women's supporter club and actually megan who's in charge of our social media has been out in liverpool for two weeks or something catching multiple games four men's games and actually she was able to attend the women's game against london city this weekend uh but we're gonna be doing more and more coverage actually on it and recently since most of you know, well, at least I'm one of the older farts that's not as familiar with all the social media. We finally kind of like started to push more our like Twitter channel and Instagram and stuff like that. Uh, Megan gets a lot of credit for that, especially on Instagram. Uh, on Twitter, uh, we have Mark and Jen Melfi who joined us actually from Colorado Springs. So shout out to that sports club there. Uh, they've done a great work over there over like the last few days over here, kind of like picking up our Twitter accounts. So if you are, so here's my spiel right here that I never do. If you are following us on Facebook, uh, please take the time to like follow us on Twitter. Uh, I posted the link on our page a few days ago, actually. But Scousers US is what our Twitter handle on Instagram. We're like the American Scouser blog. 
And obviously on YouTube, if you can give our YouTube channel a follow as well. And if you're not able to catch us on Facebook, uh, our videos are always on YouTube live and afterwards throughout the week as well. So you get to see the ugly mugs rest of the week. Chris Strain says, we're keeping the pretty ones for when we have sponsors watching. Yes, we are. So whenever they're watching, better put the black, especially on us. But that's why we got Bickler with the good author here. But also, I want to mention, I mean, people that are people like I did not mention, I'm probably going to forget somebody and get through that afterwards anyway. But I mean, uh, if you've been following the side, you know our writers and things like David Jennings, Ken Kendra, Jeff Cutler, uh, Chris Hallenbrook, uh, David Rice, who actually also recently joined us, Dylan, who is our TikTok man, as well as uh, the game previews and stuff like that. And uh, Tony Humphrey, who's actually recently joined us as a graphic designer, is behind all the cool stuff you see, including the Matip jersey, uh, Matip shirt that we unleashed last week, thanks to our motivational penguin here. And uh, aside from that, uh, Burke does a lot of video editing and stuff like that. So a lot of names involved. Thanks to all of them. And thanks to you guys for your support. Uh, please contribute to the ones. And speaking of one of the pretty ones is BJ. Uh, and BJ's main contribution, especially recently, has been really helping me out with getting some quality trivia for you guys. So are you guys First ready? Off. You guys look excited. I mean, we just need to play the Academy First Award off. music. So uh, let me really yeah. uh, dumb it down over here and make sure it's clear. So we're looking for players this week uh, who have played both for Inter and Liverpool. Can you guys hear me? Yeah, yeah I can hear you. I just don't like the By question. Myself. Answer in how, how many players are we looking for that played for Liverpool and Inter? One, two, five? Mm. We may have can lost mission. Yeah, I don't think you can hear us. Well, that's just so fine. This is a great moment. This is yeah, where we just get to get trivia this right. Is what, this is Let's what I just want to take over. Like he did his Academy Award speech. We get to we get to continue. Yeah, um, we get to pick this up. Well, I guess we can pick up, Paul, before we get back to the trivia. We can kind of pick up there and just say we do want to say thank you on behalf of us to everyone who contributes to this website and to everything that we're doing because we appreciate you a lot. And if you didn't notice, all of you do a lot of work, and the three of us are just blowhards who talk a little right. bit. That's so, right. Um, and we come up with ways to ruin trivia. And somehow, Paul and I realized, with the power of positive thinking, we could mm -hmm. just, like, Jedi mind trick him out of here. That's and true. we just, like, beamed him out. And he actually thinks the pod is down, which is great. Oh, hey, 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 Tunisian. Guess what? We did the hey. trivia. Well, we got I thought you guys kicked me out so that you guys wouldn't do trivia. Which, it's it's you know, done. Like like we already now. did it. It went it went well. I feel yeah. like it went well. I got like probably eight or nine players. Uh, Galley's over here what with like 14. What exactly was the question, my friend? So here is the question right here. I don't know where it got cut off, but I was fine. I was about to give BJ his props because he's the one who actually sends me uh, the trivias weekly to baffle you guys. So here is this week's trivia right here. Players, let me like let me make it so that it's very easy to understand. Players who have played for both Inter and Liverpool. So 
So those are players that have played with the Inter jersey, Bickler, as well as the Liverpool jersey, Diallo. So that no questions about if the question is clear or not. Here we go. Chris Rain says Google is Bickler is Googling. I think I'm not Googling. Listen, I think it's the business look that makes him. I have I have been hanging out with Jamie, but I'm not Googling. Um, <laughs> oh, that's a burn. That is a burn. I, I mean, there's a couple of obvious ones here, right? Like, I mean, we got Phil for like, what, eight and a half million from them? Yep. Uh, is that what Google says? Or? Dude, like, I've been <laughs> That I actually know. I right, if you don't one, know that one. Like, if I'm Googling. Okay, who if else I'm Googling, I'm going to pull out somebody cool like Keen or somebody. Um, Ooh. I, I mean, Mario Balotelli and Coutinho are the only ones that I can think of off the top of my head, but I know there's some older players. I know there's some older ones that have done it. Well, you got Galley. Anyone, any people to add? Let me tell you guys how many there is on this list two, three, four, five, six, seven players. Ugh. So we got five more to go. There's a good guess by Jamie there. I'll won't tell you guys who and jamie's calling you out that he has never cheated but he used to yeah, work at google he used to work at google pretty good it looked like yeah. yeah for once i can't actually see the comments here um oh i got one recent shakiri he was at inter before he went to stoke um nice there's an older one. We were we, uh, we were uh, we were rumored with his kid about 150 times, and it never came. And now his kid's like a League One player. I'll think of it later. I won't think of it now. I'll let that brew down for the other ones, so that people can get Google clicks going. Uh, Paul Ince was one of them, though. We do have them in the comments. That's who I was talking about with the kid, who we oh. were rumored to be around 100 yeah. times, and now he's a League One player. And then, uh, yeah, BJ says Gerard is not an answer. So I, we try to make sure <laughs> it, is not, it is not. See, all the complaints. But very clear question. Uh, so we still have like three or four more players to go. So we will come back to that. So let's start with the game over the weekend and talk a little bit about that. I think we do have like different takes on the game as a whole. So... Let's start with you, Bickler. What did you make of the performance overall? I was obviously in like pins and needles for like 90 minutes, but uh, what did you think? Yeah, I was not as concerned as you and a number of people were about the performance. I thought, I personally thought that it was very similar to Burnley where they didn't have very many chances and it seemed like a dangerous game because it was close. And they did have a couple of clear-cut chances um, that were just wasted opportunities. But I thought for the most part, their chances were very, very limited. I didn't think they looked ever like scoring. Um, I mean, I thought we had a pretty solid game all around. I mean, obviously you can say the finishing could have been better. But, like, I always tell you this, it's like beating a dead horse. I would have loved to see more one nil draws this year, just because I think like this is a team that has struggles to bleed a, bleed a game out. Um, and I think there were patches of this game where we did a good job, just dominating possession and limiting chances. And, and I don't know. I thought it was a pretty solid win. How about you, Gally? Cause I mean, I did not think we played well at all. And I, 
kind of thought we were lucky to get the three points. Despite, I know we dominated possession, especially in the first half. But I felt, obviously, we were poor up top. But aside from that, like, Mo was obviously on a bad day and everything. But um, I just thought, you know, they had a lot of chances. And it would not be shocking to lose points in this game. Was it a good performance? No. Was I worried about the performance? I'm probably closer to Paul, I think, than 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 uh, your heart medication, Dimitri. Uh, I mean, and and when I was watching it, part of the reason is is we should be one up a minute and a half into the match, and the game should be good night the lights if Mo buries that ball like he should. Be. I mean, he's one on one with the keeper, and how many times have we honestly seen him not finish it in that spot? So from that moment on, I kind of felt like we were on the front foot. And I also felt that once we scored the goal, they did seem to feel like they were in a little bit of more of a comfortable control of the game. Um, I'm kind of with Paul, too. I like the fact that they saw out a one nothing victory, and I think one nil victories is what makes champions, and I think it's what drives us crazy about City is they play mediocre, score a goal, and win, and then we get frustrated because that's a game where, or a match where we might have saw – our club drop points, but I think what makes them so good is that they don't drop points in those matches. And I think that's what we have to kind of strive to get back to. I will say I had issues with the way we defended again, more as a side than individual mistakes. So I know we'll probably get to, you know, some of the individual players and, and their performances. I just think that as a whole, we're in a grind right now where we have to get three points in every single match. And I think it's going to be a lot of these really, really tight performances. And I think we're going to have to get a lot more used to grinding out results if we want to bring home all these trophies the rest of the way. And I agree to that. Like, you know, Sparky says, you know, grind out to win, have to win ugly sometimes, which I definitely agree to. And Chris says that was a champion performance. And, yeah, you do have to win these games that – but that was my point. I thought it was a game that we did not play well in. So winning it was important in that sense, but I just felt that, you know, we did not play well in it. Even throughout the game, when we did dominate possession, and then we did create chances as well, um, but it just felt like everything was a little off. Even when we were going on counter, the pass would be behind the person instead of up front and stuff like like Little things like that throughout the game, I just felt like we were not our sharpest. But um, I want to kind of like go over some of like the individual performances Obviously, since he's like probably out touring to get more votes for his like player of the month thing, Matip was not there, and we had Konate there. And Bickler, is this going to be you think like kind of like the route we go when we have a physical player that we're going against? Because in the past, when you played against a player like Antonio or when you play against against Lukaku, uh, they always basically parked by Matip's side or Gomez's side and try to use their video that way. What do you think? Is this going to be the way to go whenever we're playing against somebody, you know, physical? Well, it certainly seems to be that way. Like, if you look at our substitution trends, you know, versus Chelsea, if you look at just the starts he's been getting, yeah, it certainly seems like – and I, why wouldn't you? He's built like a mountain. I mean, I, I don't know why you wouldn't. He's just so big. Um, and, you know, I think he's – like – 
his play out of the back is really underrated. Like he's, he's got range. He can thread a ball. He, he seems like, you know, he doesn't have the fast twitch speed that that Virgin is prime does, but he's got the tap end pace and he is comfortable on the ball. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think that he is going to be the way that we see us line up for some more physical front lines. Um, and I think it's probably just a matter of time, honestly, till that job is his uh, at his age. He is built for the future. I think he is the future back there. I think one thing he does, like you don't get the I'm going adventure dribbling run that Matip does. But I feel like he passes very well between the lines. So yeah. he has that strength instead. What do you think, Al? I was just going to go there when you, if you had brought this to me, is that what I see is, right, Virgil plays the most unbelievable diagonals, and we missed them so much last year, and you don't realize how much you miss them until your entire game plan shifts around it. Um, and with Matip, he'll take a touch, dribble through, you know, the first line, and then continue his run with, like, a short pass out to Mo and keep running into the box. Where I feel like what Kanate does really well is, is He's one of the few players that – or few center backs that will actually take a touch, and he'll make a 15, 20-yard pass into Jota's feet, into Mane's feet, and he seems that he has a good feel for – especially like the Bobby role, you know, the, that, that center forward that's dropping deep. And I feel like he has – that's where his comfort level is. And I think at the beginning, we didn't see that from him. And he was timid on the ball. And he was just constantly passing the ball sideways or giving the ball with these little outs to Thiago and Fabinho, sometimes even putting them in tough spots. And I think that's why we all questioned at the beginning whether he was ready. And I think we're starting to see he fits better with the teams that play more direct. And why wouldn't he? Because most teams that play direct have a target man at the top. And I just think his physical presence the difference in Antonio, and I know his form isn't like it was when they played us and beat us in October or November, but let's be honest. It was Antonio leaning on Allison on the first goal on the corner that led to the goal we all wanted the foul called. It was Antonio bullying Matip off the ball that led to the second goal, and it was Antonio with the flick on at the far post on the other corner. So really, he created all the havoc in that match against us when we played them earlier. And I feel really Kanate kind of put him in his pocket for most of the match outside of one, two times where he popped up on the outside on the left on the wing. So I really think what Kanate did uh, is a big step forward into him really finding himself and his role in this club moving forward to Paul's point. So I was not going to address, that was not one of the players I was going to address. But I, as we kind of like look at his goal in the background, uh, like Sparky says, what are your thoughts on Mane? I really think he's an, he's an enjoying playing at the moment. I personally feel like this is like a story that's semi- Look at you right there. Look right there. Minds. Everybody talks about him not smiling after he scores right here, right? but they're not talking about five seconds later when he scored and had a grin ear to ear. Like it's all in what you want to see, you know, like if you, if you watch this after he score, he's grinning ear to ear. Uh, it's just, I think people are programmed to see one thing in terms of certain players. And he's, he's always been a very restrained, solemn dude for the most part. I mean, when he's not copying somebody's goal celebration. Right. But I mean, uh, part of this might be, he knows it's going to VAR. So, you know, he's going to chill and, and wait, but like, 
I think it's really ridiculous to say that he's not enjoying his play right now based off his reaction after he scores when you're only looking at half of the, the picture. Like, you look at this, he's smiling ear to ear when he scores and hugging his guys. Like, I think that we're making a story out of something that's not a story for the sake of having a story. Like, just like everybody wants to do who's more selfish, him or Mo, um, who's going to get signed, him or Mo. I think those, I think. Not, none of that stuff is mutually exclusive. And, and like, I just think, I mean, is he going to be first of the front three to leave? Possibly. But, like, this this whole thing about him being unsettled, I think is honestly just, just a story completely fabricated off of assumptions and, and hearsay at this point. I don't think we've seen anything. Um, I don't know. I mean, I, I know a lot of people are saying it. I just don't see it. I think we're kind of like almost like assuming, so expecting, so like looking to see it. I mean, obviously Diaz is in his position and he has shifted to the middle, which I'm not too fond of. He has gotten better at it, I think, as he plays there more. His first touch is not obviously as good as Jutta or Bobby. So I don't like him in that position as much. So we kind of assume, hey, this guy is here to kind of like semi-replace him maybe so he's not happy. I mean, I know when, and we talked about over here, when we were talking about AFCON, especially like before the final, he is the guy that I really wanted, you know, I wanted him to win it over Mo just because I felt like he needed it more in terms of like confidence stuff. Because he did get a lot of crap for like, you know, missing like wide open shots and stuff like that. But what do you think, Gally? I mean, I personally agree with Bickler that it's kind of like an overblown story that is not there. Uh, is he the happiest up top? I don't know. Maybe he's not because he had to shift positions. But I feel like, you know, he's he's the same money to me as I watch him. He's been a maniacal kind of presence since he came to the Premier League. I mean, the guy goes out there and plays his heart out every time he's on the pitch. He works as hard as anybody. He you know, loves to score goals. He loves to play. He hates getting subbed out. So he's seen his minutes decrease since he came back from AFCON. There's no two ways around that. He's playing less minutes per 90 since he came back. We have a new frontline forward. Mo got taken out with 20 minutes. Looked pissed off. I'm happy he was pissed off. I'm also happy that Jurgen took him out because he was the least effective of anyone on the front three, maybe anyone on the pitch. And in those moments, he should probably get a break, right? And, and that's okay. And I'm okay with my superstars being mad that they're not playing. I'm okay with guys, you know, going through the motions. I will, you know, respectfully disagree with Sparky Parky about the multiple months and, and looks like he's not enjoying his football. But I do agree with Paul. I, I wouldn't be surprised if he's the first forward to leave. And that's going to come down to the next one to sign a big contract. But that's not up to me. And I just don't think in this moment, these are the things as supporters we should be focusing on. A week we off the win, trophy. We win another, a – You know, I'm sorry. I was just going to say we win a cup We win a cup final and the story is Mane's not happy afterwards. You know? It's like, no, he's a devout Muslim and he didn't want to be sprayed with champagne. Like, that's the story. Like, but why are we even talking about that? Like, why are we right. even talking about it? Yeah, and I think just, that's what kind of gets like... to me sometimes when we complain about how the media covers the team. 
because I feel like sometimes as fans, we feed that, you know, like that for that to be posted all over the place on social media was kind of like, no, we just fueling a story. That's probably a non-story kind of like jumping on it and, you know, making it, making it a story really more than anything else. But since we're talking about the front line, uh, let's talk about this guy right here. Cause I mean, Diaz, man, I mean, when you watch him, he always looks like he literally just came off the bench. Like he has more energy than everybody else. Like at all times you watch him and he did create a lot. I mean, that freaking run he had, he basically got two center backs yellows at the same time, which is, I don't know. We got to go into the archives to see how often that has been done, which I thought we did not exploit enough to be honest with you. The fact that they had those center backs on yellows all game, but what do you make of his game? Is he smiling enough for you, Bickler, or what's the deal there? Man, I'll tell you what. You boys are probably happy that you weren't watching the match with me. Jamie was, and he can probably confirm that it was just basically 70 minutes of me gushing about Luis Diaz, um, which essentially it was just a giant love fest for me. Um, I thought he was absolutely unplayable. I thought that, like, I mean, Klopp talks about these the importance of the second ball, right? He wins all of them. He wins all of them in like he's got the, those that, that rangy, lanky frame, and he just was just shredding that side of the pitch. Um, that run where he gets two people booked is one of the greatest things I've seen in a long time. Um, it's just it, it, I can't say enough good things about him. I think you know when we when I watched him when I watched what I could of Porto, um, I was impressed by him going forward and his ability. What I didn't see and what I wasn't expecting was the amount of work he does the other way too, defensively. Remember, this is the way we used to talk about Sadio too. When Sadio was informed, he did the same thing, but like I didn't expect it from him. Um, he makes runs like he's been playing in the system for about a decade. Um, I mean, it's weird to me to think that this dude wasn't even on the radar, wasn't even like, like for us as supporters a couple months ago. Uh, I mean, he looks like he's just been training with these dudes for years. And it is like, it really is mind blowing to me. I can't say enough good things about it. I mean, it just goes to the, I guess, the scouting we've done and what he's, I mean, he, on that left-hand side, regardless of who he plays with, especially more sober robo than I guess Costas. But yeah, I mean, he looks like he's played there forever in terms of like their movements and, you know, like the over overlap runs and stuff like that. Uh, but I mean, do you find him as the first one to be penciled in there now uh, in the starting up top three, Gallon? No. Okay. No. I mean, after Mo, I guess. Name. Maybe I should have said after I, Mo. I mean, Mo, Mo, Mo is still the first name on the team sheet. And honestly, Mane is a very quick second. I mean, he's second in the Premier League in goal scored, fourth in assists, or third in goal scored, whatever it is, behind, with where he and Schultz are basically flip-flopping each other for second and third. Um, Mane is still, to Paul's point, an incredibly hard worker. Um, I I do think right now, Jota has a job to fight his way back into the starting 11. And, and, I, and I know this is going to hurt people on this podcast and me too, but it is getting harder and harder to see a world where Bobby is slotted back into the starting 11 from the start of a game. And I, I agree that there are matchups 
But when you have a goal scorer like Jota, you have a playmaker like Mane and a playmaker like Louis Diaz and a world-class player like, like Mo. I just, you know, we're probably at the point now where the pecking order is going to start with Mane, you know, Mo, Mane, and then Diaz. And then the others are going to fight their way in based on, you know, form and rotation. My one thing about Diaz, um, his speed, his movement is unbelievable. His touch is great. But could you, you know, this is a guy who almost signed with Cardiff City two years ago. If you believe David Moyes, and to be honest, David Moyes doesn't lie much because he's not one to like post himself. He actually had a phone conversation with Diaz in January about signing for West Ham. And he was considering it. And then Spurs came in. And then it was obviously, you know, the joke is, is David Moyes called, you know, Antonio Conte called and then Klopp called and he was like, okay, now I'll, now I'll go for a transfer. But, you know, he was, could you imagine being a West Ham fan and watching that match and thinking to yourself, like that guy could have signed at the London stadium and what he would be doing right now if he had signed, because you know, I came on here and said my biggest thing about him signing was I thought it would breathe energy to everybody that they went out and signed a player of his talent level when you're trying to achieve things and it might bring energy into the club. And I think we've seen that. Like, I think there's been a kick up across the entire squad since he's come on. And I, I think you can almost see the excitement because there's something new that makes them believe there's an even better chance than there was on January 1st. And I think that's more important than which one starts. I think this club actually believes they can win everything. And I think Louis Diaz plays a huge role in that. So I'm glad kind of you mentioned that, Bobby, because I want to kind of like talk about that. Uh, Christian says, I want to see Bobby play with Diaz. I think it's recipe for something special. And I agree. So to make this work, Bickler, do you ever see a scenario where we use Bobby in midfield where club constantly talks about, you know, Bobby being one of the smartest players on the squad in terms of like, you know, uh, taking advantage of spaces, how to move people around, how to move the ball around and stuff like that. And he does have the work rate. Obviously, we know defensively. Is that an area we can see him in? Because I really feel like the only thing I don't like about Mane in the middle is because of his first touch. I feel like you don't get the interplay that you would with Bobby. So are you asking me if you could see Bobby in the midfield outside of the front three? Yeah. No, no. Um, I can't. And I, 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 it's nothing against Bobby. I just think that that midfield demands way too much defensively. Um, and, and it's not to say, I mean, one of the Bobby's great attributes is he can't come back in and get stuck in there in midfield, but I think coming back at, in a, in a, almost like a false nine role, um, that he usually plays when he's playing, um, versus playing in the midfield is completely different because we're talking about your starting position on the pitch. Um, and your starting position, like that's just a very different role coming back in with your back to goal than it is facing goal playing midfield. It's completely different. Um, I do agree with Chris. I think that there are situations where Bobby starts. If Diaz is on the left, that could be really, really uh, unbelievable to see because they both have really, really um, good vision um, and are very good with short interplay, like in tight spaces. They see things that a lot of other players don't see in tight spaces. It's pretty. It's kind of like the shortened, more condensed version of what Thiago does, but in a smaller confined space. 
They're very creative players that are very good visually um, with the geometrics of the game, the angles, the the triangular passing, that type of stuff. They're very, very good at that at, at a super high level. So I think that would be very cool to see. Um, what's Are we going to see that? That's the question because to do that essentially benches Mane. And I, I don't know. I mean, we have just seen such a – a priority on money and most starting. And a lot of people put that down to a lack of depth. Uh, and I don't, I think that comes down to like the way that Klopp likes to play a squad um, and the way those players are built. They're designed and they're built to want to play every single minute of every match. So if you're getting into a rotational situation with Louise uh, and, and, and Mane based on matchups, um, that's a tough one to call. I don't know if Klopp will do that. I, I don't, it's hard for me to see a situation in which that happens. Now, maybe Mane comes up. I mean, God forbid, maybe Mane has a knock or an injury, and then that puts Diaz in that situation. I could, that In that situation, I could see it. But when it comes down to like a, uh, a conscious rotation of those players, I have a harder time seeing that happen. So then since we're talking about that midfield, I think, you know, if Thiago is back, think it's we're not even debating right galley that our trio is going to be you know ideal trio is probably fab hendo and thiago in there so what do you make of obviously with uh thiago's absence keita was there my personal favorite uh which i get too much crap for giving keita crap but uh what did you make of his performance or you give him too much crap when he has decent performances either way you want to look at it um <laughs> no i'm just kidding but it I mean, you know, I, we we had this discussion in the Discord channel and last week. I, I thought he was better than you did in the League Cup final. I thought it was a pretty good performance. And I didn't think yesterday or, or yeah, I didn't think that Saturday's performance was that poor. And I, I, I thought he was actually okay. Um, I thought a lot of the things that he does well, he really actually added to the overall game plan on Saturday. And in some ways, it probably had a little bit to do with, you know, Rice not being there. That always helps when the other team's best holding midfielders not in there to boss the midfield. But I also felt Keita did a good job with a much bigger and more physical Suchek the entire match and handled his own. And, 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 you know, to Chris's point, I saw it pop up a second ago. He won quite a few 50-50s. And to be honest, I feel like he must have heard, you know, we always joke they're listening to the podcast. He clearly is listening to Timuchin because every time Timuchin says he doesn't go for 50-50s, you know, Chalaba would like to tell you his manhood took a chunk out. Um, and he, he went for that 50-50. And, you know, he went for 50-50s all across the match I saw against West Ham. And I, I thought he was actually pretty good. And again, I, I, I think that he's had a little bit of a fire lit under him and – I think the last three, four performances, when given the opportunity, he's done a good job and he's helped the team contribute to success. And I think that's all we can ask for the guy. Yeah, I thought he did well. To the, I mean, to be honest, I think he does better when he does not try to stand out. Sometimes I feel like he forces passes, like he feels like he has to be that creative mind or whatever. Whereas... You know, when we had like Genie, for example, in that role, or when we have somebody else in that role, it's more a matter of, you know, doing the hard work in midfield, winning those balls. And obviously, he is the most creative mind out of like who we had out there. But 
I thought he did well overall, and he has not. You're right. The 50-50 that we used to joke. I mean, I was joking about that week that he will never get a physical contact injury ever again, it felt like. But I think that has gotten better. I know part of it was coming back from injury right away. But uh, what do you think, Bickler? Um, I mean, in terms of Natty, for me, it's pretty simple. He's our fourth best midfielder. And so if one of the top three is out, then he gets in, right? And I think if he's in, you have to start Hendo. Like, I think that's just where that levels out. Uh, Jones was not 100% yet. Um, say Jones was, I don't think, I think it's the same situation. Jones gets to start, you still start Hendo. You can't, like, they're just those players, I think, are not solid enough both ways to, to, to have another offensive-minded midfield in there. Um, in terms of Nabby's individual performance on Saturday, I mean – he had the second most passes in the team and the highest accuracy rating, 64 passes, 64 at 95%. I mean, you can't ask for that much more out of that role. I mean, that's essentially what Jeannie would do. Just pass, pass it around, recycle possession, put the ball in good spots, not turn it over. He created two chances. I thought he, I thought he played pretty well. I mean, it's, is it sexy? No. I mean, and that's the thing. Is he like hitting home run balls all day? No. But do you want him to? I mean, he's not Thiago. I don't think you want him back there trying to do that. So um, I thought he I think he's doing a good job of playing inside his own game right now and not trying to do too much, not trying to be uh, more than he is. Um, and I think, you know, I think he is capable of special moments. Um, but I think all in all, he did all right. I, I didn't love seeing Hendo start, but like. I also, the reality of that is, is if Kate is in there, you've got to have, you've got to have Fab and Hendo in as well. Yeah, somebody has to cover. I mean, I feel like, so let me ask you this time, Bickler. Uh, you said fourth best midfielder. When do you pick, and I'm not going to go Ox, I guess, but let's say Elliot or Jones over Keita if Thiago is not available. I almost feel like we should make Thiago a specialist at this point. Maybe like, you know, keep him for like those top games and, when would you pick Elliot or Jones or even Ox, for example, over Keita? I would pick Elliot over Keita when Thiago is healthy. Mm-hmm. Okay. I would pick Jones over Keita if Keita's legs fall off. Um, and the reason for that is, is that I hate, I don't know what it is, but Hendo is absolute garbage on the left side. Like he, I don't know what it is. I just do not like him on that side of the pitch. He struggles every time we put him over there, which is very, very rarely. Um, so I think you have to have Hendo on the right. So Tiago left, Fabinho central, Hendo right. So I think if Hendo's out and you want to play Elliott, that's great. But you've got to have – then you've got to have Tiago on the left. Does that make sense? Yeah. That's that counterbalance. If there's Elliott, it's got to be Tiago. If it's Keita or Jones on the left, it's got to be Hendo. Agree with that, Gally? Yeah, I, I agree with most of that. I mean, um, I think we're both in agreement that he's the fourth best option in the midfield. And I think that is more about like seniority, experience, physicality, you know, um, and as much as it is maybe like uh, he has the least mistakes in him. And I think that's my biggest thing. And that's why you need Hendo on the other side of him. As far as Tiago goes, I do think Tiago is what allows Harvey Elliott to be a starter. I really do. And, you know, I've still always said I think Harvey Elliott eventually probably plays in the front three or, you know, on the right or even maybe in like a 10 in a different type of formation at his best. 
because I'm not sure long, long term he can be in a midfield three in the way we play because I just don't know that we'll always have workhorses like Tiago and Fabinho there to kind of skirt around his style of play. Um, but for me, the biggest thing about Keita in this is that he, to something we've talked about a lot of times, he offers something different. And I think when he's playing well with some confidence, which is what I think we're seeing right now, um, I think he offers the best foil to Hendo and Fabinho when Tiago's not available. And to your point that you talked about earlier, you know, I think we do need to kind of wrap Tiago up in cotton and act like he's more of a commodity than something we can rely on. You know, I wouldn't mind at all if we found a way to start rotating Jones, you know, Keda, even Ox occasionally starting. So Tiago comes in, gives us 20, 30 minutes, changes games, helps us see games out, matches out and wins, and then starts the big, big matches that we need him for, the City match, the United match, you know, when we play Bayern in the quarter or whoever's next in the Champions League. I just think that expecting this man to play 120 minutes even a, a week over two matches it's unrealistic because he hasn't been able to do it in two years. Yeah, I agree. And I think Keita, like you say, I mean, I know I give a lot of crap uh, about Keita, probably criticizing the most. Definitely out of three of us, I criticize him the most. Uh, but I thought he did okay this week. I mean, like I say, when he doesn't stick out as much, I feel like he does better just because, you know, he can win those balls. In terms of counter-pressing, he's probably one of our best in midfield by itself. And I thought he did well. Like I say, I mean, I know uh, Dave Jennings earlier was saying, you know, unfair to say that we didn't play well just because it wasn't pretty. And Michael Martin was saying that West Ham tends to make the game ugly. And I agree to both those points. I just felt like overall, first off, we gave too many opportunities. Uh, like you were talking about the Burnley game earlier, Bickler. I felt like, you know, in the Burnley game, it looked like we gave opportunities because the flags went up late. Whereas in this one, I felt like we did give up opportunities for them to score, and thank God they blew it. But having said that, when we dominated in the first half, and kind of like you're saying, Galley, I mean, in the first minute, for God's sakes, but even after that, and more in form or a regular Mo, I should say, a Mo that doesn't look poor that day, uh, would have probably had a couple in the first half, and we could have probably put that game away a lot earlier. But one way or the other, I agree with everybody who has commented in terms of you got to win these games when you get the title. There has to be games where you kind of like squeak in a win, win in the last minutes, come back to win or whatever. You're going to have all these games in there. And we got the three points that mattered. So before we move on to Champions League, let's take care of two things first. Let's take care of trivia first. Why don't we do that? So uh, you had, I don't know if you had the right ints at the end, but it is Paul ints uh, was the ints. I, I said comments in and mind. Yeah, I said comments, but isn't he the kid? Uh, yes. Or is it the brother or something? I, yeah, I, I, I knew kid. I got it wrong. He's the kid. Uh, Shaq, Coutinho, uh, Balotelli. Uh, here's the, Robbie Keane. Was I got one. another one. Victor Moses was another one. Oh, it's, shit. You know, it's probably hard to find teams that Victor Moses has not featured in, but that's one. And Padelli was another name. And I do not uh, – let me uh, pull it up for you guys Padelli? real quick over here. Um, 
he's a goalkeeper. I let me see how many appearances he's had, uh, real quick. But uh, I mean, he was on loan, he had one appearance with us back in 2007. Uh, and he only had like four in in four years. He was an entire like basically the backup of the backup. He only made four appearances, but that was the last name for that one. So thanks to BJ because uh, I thought that was like a really good. Out of the couple, you guys are lucky. I didn't give a couple of the other questions he had. But let's get to this news. This is why the motivational penguin is all dressed up. I guarantee you that I just came from work and stuff. That's not it. Yep, missing the tie to straighten there, Bickler. But unnecessary pet drama, which I will put that video again so everybody knows why this team is named <laughs> unnecessary pet drama because it's such a stupid deal. But anyway, the best name ever. So Kelly is still one after today. She was down to drop down to two, and uh, so but Kashif Sati is second, only four points behind. Because he had a huge week, and really Kelly had like a very poor week, especially by our standards so far. And you know, I haven't told you guys this, but in the background, I was trying to bring a secret guest that you guys would not even expect onto the show. And I was looking at basically who was second, like real close to Kelly and stuff. So we can make him like public enemy number one with Bickler and, you know, beat up on him, find out his strategy and stuff. The way this has worked, Bickler, is everybody I've contacted who was number two at the time has been cursed ever since. <laughs> Poor Dan Bennett, who I had talked to, uh, I think only like two weeks ago, and he was about to come on the show, and he got called off in the last second. He's down to number eight now. Poor Dan. And I spoke to Dan Pintock uh, earlier last week, uh, he was number two at the time, and he had a bad week. Now he's down to five. So yeah, you're like a walking Madden cover. Let's not do that. I know, right? Yeah. So, while we're at I it, well, while we're at it, then Kelly Kelly wants you to reach out to uh, Kashif <laughs> Sati and um, Kashif Sati. If you're listening, call in now. Caller number five will win <laughs> a spot. Yeah, let me, let me try to get you on the podcast, and then before you know it, you'll have a 50-point week. But the main story here, apart from Kelly, we're used to Kelly being number one. But more importantly here, as we scroll down, after I got screwed last week, I don't even look at myself. I'm kind of fixing my lineup to keep the integrity of the you game. You should have really pushed the story to the front of the pod when people are still here. <laughs> so... Chris Galley over here is 12th with 1,755 points. I mean, it's almost comical to think now at one point that we were talking about you catching uh, Kelly. Because now when I look at these rankings, the Polish prince, Mateusz, is right behind you with 1746. But a guy who had nothing to do with fantasy, who hated fantasy, still hates the Premier League fantasy Paul Bickler with the unnecessary pet drama is up to 16th, only 23 points behind Galley. Galley, how does that make you feel? <laughs> well, first of all, let's 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 call a bleep and fucking time out here for a second. The Polish prince has been ahead of me for a month straight, but we use it now that he's only 12 points behind me. The week well, in know. which I take a, a 30 point freaking jump on him. But here's the thing. Paul's got me by 17 points so far during this game week. And he'll, he'll Trent actually, Alexander. Tell Trent no, that you're no, thankful. 
I am. And and Harry Kane's 13 points today helped too. And But, I mean, we're not talking about, you know, the stupid idiot I am that has a 12-point soccer on my bench and a six-point defender on my bench. That happens, right? Because we start people that aren't right. But you know what you don't get from me? You don't get me bitching about the guy on my bench when a guy doesn't start and plays one minute and gets a one. But I'll digress. But here's the thing. In five weeks' time, I will be 30, 40 points ahead of both Paul and and, and the Polish Prince. And we'll see. Maybe even by next week. Paul will have – Did you write that down? Uh, I'm just writing down the time here for the video editor. Paul Paul will have me by the end of this week. He'll probably be like five, six points ahead, maybe even 15, 20 points ahead. He's got a lot more, you know, games still to be played. He's got his Chelsea, you know – trifold it's a free hit though his team has to go back to what it was before this can i break your heart right now i still have my wild card and i actually had two free hits going into this week yeah me too that's that's oh, the beauty man, this makes, I like, this almost makes fantasy worth watching for next week and you know this is the whole key though you made the comment to mutin about kelly right kelly's done a really really good job being consistent all year long Kelly made a pretty bad mistake a couple weeks ago and she wildcarded at a bad spot. And she messed up her team at the time when she was doing well. And then she had to free hit. And when she didn't like make a big up, these are the weeks that the whole game is using their chips. Like Paul used his free hit this week. People are going to use their wild card and bench boost next week. And like this whole thing is all decided upon like the way you use those like six or seven extra ways to combat the system. It sounds stupid, but by the end of the year, most people are all playing the game the same way. But that's the thing. If you guys want the game to feel like American, and I meant to say this to you once more, if you want the game to feel like American fantasy football, we'll do it next year with all our contributors, and we'll do a head-to-head league. And ultimately, you play every week head-to-head against another opponent. You know their team. And and basically, it's, it's very similar. Now, you can have the same players, but you know who you're competing against, how you do it. And we'll do this next year because I think you guys actually would like it better, even with these rules, because it is fun in those little mini leagues. But when you're playing against, you know, eight, nine million people, it's all about these little chips. And this week, Paul used his great. We'll find out if I used mine well because I'm having a pretty good week. And next week, I'm set up to have a monster week with the stupid bench boost. We'll just have to see at the end of next week, you know. What I get from this five minutes talk, Bickler, that Galley just threw. I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of posturing there, right? Okay, (laughs) he's 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 puffing up a little bit, and that's fine. Uh, But he made a good point. You know, we're all going to be playing the same way, and that's what I plan to do. Like, I'm going to pass him, and then when I do that, I'm going to make sure that my team's exactly the same as his. Uh, but then we're gonna, we're, we're yeah, gonna well, and that's why me for a month. <laughs> and if you haven't figured it out, that's why I'm the only one an hour before the thing that doesn't put a picture of my team. Like I'm thinking about wild card into this. I'm like, it's, all, it's all good. Like, you know, I'm a zoom pro user now. So me and Kelly are going to get in on this real quick. <laughs> we're going to have some weekly calls. I got an insider. Uh. 
So I'm just saying you will see. This, this, you'll see this at least gives me something to follow on pre- like fantasy moving forward. I'd be okay with fantasy if I didn't get screwed by like you log in to change your team. It says the servers are busy. And then I realize an hour later, I go try to go in. Well, now the game is going to start in half an hour. So you're SOL. What? I give up on that. But this definitely gives me something exciting to watch. So let's put the Premier League behind us for now. Uh, look at talking about all these lineups and stuff. Uh, before we kind of like wrap up the show over here, what do you expect in terms of a lineup tomorrow, Bipper? Uh... I think it's going to be pretty similar to last game. Um, I think we're going to see a Matip start in the back line if he's recovered from his illness. Um, That makes sense to me. Uh, Matip start, uh, the rest of the back line the same. Uh, Midfield, I think, has got to be Fab, Hendo, Nabby still. I think it's going to be be very, very close to the same. The only thing that I could see is some a, a different front line with Jota maybe in there. That's the only difference that I could see Jota in there and then Lonnie and Mo on either side could see that. Um, but other than that, I think it's going to be a pretty strong lineup. How about you, Gally? I think Diaz starts from the bench. I'll just say it. I think he starts from the bench and it's a Jota, Mane, Mo. If Diaz does start, then I do think it's probably Mane that probably gets a seat. Um and in the midfield, I I think it's probably – it's got to be those three because I don't think you rush Thiago out there in the first chance that you could start him. Um, I'd really like to see him not start again until maybe the Arsenal match middle of next week. You know, bring him off the bench against Brighton if you need him. I honestly believe tomorrow has to be a match that we should be able to go into with a 2-0 lead, second leg at home and put a clamp on from early on, score a goal. You have five subs and you do with it as you wish. Tomorrow should be a match where Origi and Taki play 25 minutes in the second half. And you prepare guys for the next round of big matches that are coming. If, if, if you're really building towards something, because, you know, a goal tomorrow, and it should be over because they're not scoring three unanswered goals at Anfield. I think the one thing that scares me is, you know, we play the way we play. I think that's probably the only concern I have. And I know, you know, just listen to Klopp today. We will play like it's zero zero, which I understand in terms of like the approach and not, you know, trying to defend a two goal lead. But when I say that is we did this again in West Ham, we play with the high line, you know, we live with it, we die with it, whatever it's going to be. I just hope, you know, it doesn't kind of kind of like come to bite us in the ass. I don't expect it. I, I agree with uh, Gally here. I think we do score goals tomorrow. And I do like the lineup. And I think Diaz uh, running the entire West Ham game, I think it makes sense to me for him to come off the bench in this one uh, once we kind of have it secured. And, yeah, it would be great to see our boy Divac out there with Taki and everybody too because, uh, I mean, he was talking a lot about, like, the five substitutions and stuff like that today. So it would be interesting to see if we do use it tomorrow. Matip is the only one I'm not sure on, but since Konate did not practice today, and I don't see Gomez going in there, so probably Matip is going to be the way to go. Score predictions, we'll start with you on this one, Gally. Uh, I'm going to say it's the same as the last round. 2-0, good night, the lights. Italians don't score on the road. Hmm. Bickler, what do you have? 
I'll go bigger. I think it's going to be 4-0. Uh, this is a team that like they just hung five on the worst team in Serie A. Before that, they were winless in four and hadn't scored in four matches. Um, so you're asking them to come into Anfield and score three. I just don't think it's going to happen. I think we're going to score early, uh, and I think they're going to just. Be, I think they're going to pack it in by halftime, and I think that we'll just get some easy ones. I like the optimism, but actually, I was going to go optimistic too. But I was going to do four one, not as optimistic as Bickler over here. I feel like you know. One of those balls go through over that high line and they get a goal in that way. But I think that's after we've already scored two or something like that, I'm hoping. And yeah, really hoping for a lot of rotation as we move on and we get it locked. And any parting thoughts to motivate the listeners for the rest of the week there, Motivational Penguin? Man, I feel like I might have used it all up earlier this week, you know? just be. That's just all you be- had and you used it up on me? Yeah, I mean, I use it up on myself too. I mean, I'm chasing galley still. So, oh, you're using it for the fantasy team. Yes. Okay. Well, good luck with that. How about you, galley? Are you gonna motivate this penguin? <laughs> <laughs> that penguin? That penguin in the upper right? There ain't no motivating that. He he semi cleaned up the beard, combed his hair, and put on a shirt with a collar. I swear to God, deserves like therapist deserves like three awards, a a, a Pulitzer, a, a you know. Probably whatever they hand out in North Carolina. And, you know, Jamie probably deserves an award, too, for surviving a 90-minute match. With him. Yeah, I didn't know who to give the award for that one. Jamie for surviving Bickler or Bickler for surviving Jamie. So that's that's one to be. I, I'll, I'll, give Jamie, I'll give Jamie the award, as Bickler showed us all on the Discord channel, for the ingenuity of using live darts to hang a flag in a pub. Yeah. I mean, that leave it to an Irishman to be like, ah, they think they won't get my flag up. I'll use their darts, their dartboards, and these holes and literally hang his own champion flag. And it's pretty goddamn awesome, let me tell you. <laughs> well, gentlemen, on Thursday, I will be with that Irish engineer, Jamie, and Scott Fishkin will be back on the podcast as well. Uh, we'll recap the intergame and look ahead to the weekend. Uh, last time I asked for this, I got cut off and booted off, but I still blamed it on trivia. Uh, but yeah, uh, as always, please follow us on the different social media channels. Please share and send some invites as well. It always goes a long way. Thank you guys for your support and want to actually take the chance to thank all the contributors again for all they do and the motivational penguin as well as galley. Well, gentlemen, see you guys next week. And thanks to all for listening. See you guys on Thursday.